There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out. I for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Assemble. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and uh, the boys are back in town. We've got Robbie, we've got Chris, no Peach today, but in his stead, the man himself, Danny. Danny, what's up, man? Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here, as uh, always. <laughs> interestingly, uh, you are lucky enough to be here on a very anticipated episode i'm sure by no one but by me very much so as oh, today by, we are by me too all oh, i've been in, i have been anticipating this since i watched it it's... yeah since i watched it two days ago i have been very excited to talk about it because we you probably already know but i'm gonna introduce it anyway we're talking all about venom let there be carnage boy oh boy <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. Um, Danny and I saw in this Indiana. movie together last time we recorded here. Last time I was here visiting and we recorded. Uh, you know what we I was thinking about the other day? And, yeah. That the, the, the crew, sorry Danny, can all go see Spider-Man No Way Home all together. On yeah, yeah, we can. I will be joining. Don't you worry. All right, yeah. Come yeah, on we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Danny Pillow there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what date is that? Sometime in December. I don't know. Okay, you there. Let me boy. know later so I can ask for it off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we're talking all about. Venom, let there be carnage. Before we talk about any of that, just want to let you know if you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash assembly required. Over there, you can join our patron exclusive Discord, get talking to us, get uh, having all the shenanigans we have in there, uh, community events. We've got we've got patron Daniel over here. Uh, he, he gets to be on the show, not because he's a patron, but because he's brothers of one of our hosts. Uh, Nepotism. Uh... <laughs> hey, I'd like to think I'm more than a... Well... Well, more than just a brother of a host, I am a friend. You're correct. You're more than just a brother of a host. You're a brother of a host who we had on so that we could talk about your hand that doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> um, now he has a broken foot. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. Why'd you bring it up? I was going to bring it up later. There's a scene oh, later where uh, oh, where Carnage is taking a hammer to to Venom's legs and he's smashing it. And I was like, Danny, can I get your perspective of someone who's just broken their foot? That's smart because I thought we would just have to do misery and have him on that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Branching out. And <laughs> yeah, we're going to start a, a Stephen King spinoff. Was there... Was it this movie where there was an American History X joke? No, that was Ted Lasso. Forget it. Uh, Very there was some Ted Lasso and Carnage. They're the same thing. No, basically. no, it was some. Well, there was a, there's a lot of nonsense jokes in both of these, so uh, I didn't know if it was here or the other one, but doesn't matter. Uh, Let there be Carnage, directed by Gollum. I mean Caesar. <laughs> I I mean Claw. I mean Andy Serkis. Uh, Robbie, how about you let us give us a little bit of info on the character that is Cletus Cassidy Carnage? Yeah. Um. This isn't super complicated, so this will be fast. Uh, we we did a 
a couple episodes where we've talked about Venom. Um, for those who are completely out of the loop, Venom was introduced in the 80s and was, uh, I mean, an immediate success. Maybe, uh, you know, you know that thing where sometimes something's immediately successful and so the company force feeds it to you whether you like it or not. That's kind of what happened with Venom. And they backed off him in a little bit. And Venom is an iconic, important character. So it's good that they backed off on it, um, but Urkel. still allowed him to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but at the peak of Venom's popularity in the early 90s, um, Spider, Amazing Spider-Man writer um, David uh, Michelini, I believe is how you pronounce it, um, he wanted to kill Venom off because he was sick of Venom, thought that Venom was overly popular. Um, Venom was created by... Um, the spawn Todd McFarlane. Yes. Todd McFarlane. Thank you. Um, I, I should, that's a name that I'm doing a comic book podcast. I should just be able to recall immediately. I should be able to point to you and you go Todd McFarlane. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, anyway, he wanted to kill off David Michelini wanted to kill off Venom for just being just too much, too much Venom and Spider-Man. Uh, and then Marvel said, this will shock you. No, he is too popular. You cannot kill him off. So what he decided to do was instead of kill him off, just have a new symbiote that would allow him to use a different symbiote, but not just Venom all the time. What he was particularly looking for is the fact that Venom had quickly become... When Venom started, Venom was a villain. Venom was straight up a bad guy. Now, granted, he was focused on Spider-Man. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have massive evil plans. He wasn't going to rule the world or whatever, but um, he was a Venom, uh, a villain. Very quickly, they turned Venom into this lethal protector, sort of almost like anti-hero Spider-Man, which is... I've heard that before (laughs) several times. Yes. (laughs) Side note, I loved hearing it over and over again in this movie. Absolutely made me happy. I thought you might. I thought you might. (laughs) Yeah, so they turned Venom into a lethal protector so that they could honestly use him more instead of it being, look, at this is a bad guy and using a bad guy too much. They turned him into, no, he's only a bad guy with Spider-Man. And so that's cool. That's what Venom has become ever since. But they wanted, they did want a villain symbiote. Um, So they introduced in Amazing Spider-Man 344 in 1991, um, a serial killer named Cletus Cassidy. Uh, And for the record, Cassidy himself is an iconic character. This is, Eddie Brock kind of isn't, Eddie Brock has become an important character, but before Venom, Eddie Brock was a nothing character. He was a blank slate that the Venom symbiote was put on top of. Cletus Cassidy is a fantastic character who they then put a symbiote on top of. He's uh, basically a deranged lunatic serial killer. Eric Larson, his uh, the artist who made him, said on, straight up said on a message board that he, uh, yes, I designed Cletus Cassidy. He was inspired by the Joker. I basically drew the Joker and had him colored with regular skin and red hair. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was interesting because... Very often, Carnage and Cletus Cassidy have been compared to Marvel's Joker. There's even been a crossover comic where Joker and Carnage uh, team up, which is a wild time that everyone needs to read. And so I I think that's very interesting because I grew up thinking, yeah, Carnage is like the Joker, but they would never admit that Carnage was the Joker. And here here on a message board, they're saying, yeah, Carnage is the Joker. So there you go. Uh, Cletus Cassidy and Carnage was the Marvel Joker. So they, they introduced Cletus Cassidy in episode, or in, Issue 344 of Amazing Spider-Man. Issue 361, uh, he became Carnage. Cletus was serving time with Eddie Brock in prison. And when Eddie escaped from the prison, his symbiote 
involuntarily reproduced, and the spawn left behind attached itself to Cletus um, and became Carnage. And that's the that's the character we have here. Carnage is sort of evil Venom. He is a big, powerful symbiote who uses his his, his symbiote to create constructs, weapons, throws spears, axes, and with Cletus's insanity, makes him a serial killer. Carnage kill just kills for fun, and that's that's his mo. He kills for fun, which is bland, but ends up fitting with Spider Man and Venom extremely well. That's not super cool motivation, but it works very, very well as an extremely terrifying villain when put up against Spider-Man and Venom. Well, and I I think it's important to talk about why Carnage is the way, like why he looks that way. And so the reason it is because the symbiote actually enters Cletus's bloodstream. And so that amalgamation you see on the outside Mm -hmm. is a mixture of symbiote and blood so mm-hmm. it is incredibly terrifying yeah it is and he uses that like in the first issues he was in he would write carnage every time he would kill somebody on the walls in his own blood it's, speaking of which in this movie when he's writing the notes are we supposed to infer he's writing those in his own blood because that's what i inferred but i wasn't yeah, sure I if i was supposed to yeah so eduardo's completely correct the car the carnage symbiote is bonded with his blood that also makes them more strongly bonded than Eddie is with Venom. Eddie and Venom work together. They are a team. They model themselves after Spider-Man because the Venom symbiote has some obsessions he needs to work out. <laughs> uh, that's so why, that's why they have webs for no reason. That's why they have a spider icon for no reason. This is just, this is not getting over your ex-boyfriend. But, uh, so that's what's going on with Eddie and Venom. Carnage and Cletus, they don't pretend to be anyone else. They are just Carnage. They work together. They are extremely strongly bonded, and that just makes them a stronger symbiote. And that's actually a, a, we'll talk about this. That's a creative liberty this film took that I think makes sense in the narrative of this film. But in the comics, Carnage and Cletus are more of one being than most of the other symbiote relationships are, and it makes Mm -hmm. them extremely powerful. Uh, so Carnage appeared in 1993, and then a really big deal in 1995, Carnage ended up being pulled out for a... Oh, no, 1994. They used Carnage for the max, Maximum Carnage crossover. I'm sorry. One last time. 1993. My notes are wrong. They used Carnage for the Maximum Carnage crossover, which was one of those big crossover events from Marvel Comics. It was what established Carnage as... More than just, you know, a street-level Spider-Man foe, he was able to force the Avengers and the Fantastic Four to get in on the act to put a stop to him. It became a video game uh, that was actually a pretty mm-hmm. solid beat-em-up video game with an awesome soundtrack. Uh, I never beat it because it's impossibly hard, uh, but it was a game where you could te- you could play as either Spider-Man or Venom. Being able to play as Venom was a big deal back then. And then from there, Carnage through the 90s, was used a lot. It was basically one big carnage story a year in the 90s. And that's that was the formative years of for me as a comic book fan. So I grew up... This movie ended up being very important to me because this is the the uh, primordial ooze of me as a comic book fan was Venom and Carnage all the time. And Carnage was very, very scary. And they used him a lot in the 90s. They kind of backed off a little bit since then because of how much he was used in the 90s. But he remains an incredibly iconic... Uh, no, they brought him back. Yeah, it, no, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, they used him less, but they they have brought him back plenty since. No, I mean like they just like they just finished a gigantic 
Carnage event. They did another huge Carnage. They did another event. Maximum Carnage. Yeah, it was. Event. Um, and then there was the, the whole thing with Red Goblin. That was another really big storyline. Right. Yeah. Or... Bonds with Norman Osborn, and then Norman Osborn is almost convinced. No, not almost. He is convinced that he is Cletus Cassidy. Like by mm-hmm. the end of it, he has like PTSD and assumes that he is Cletus Cassidy. And everybody's like, no, you're Norman Osborn. And he's like, no, you're wrong. I'm Carnage. I'm Cletus Cassidy. It's really crazy. And then there's a whole thing about the Carnage symbiotes and how they're bringing forth Null from the, it's like a whole thing, but mm-hmm. they, they made him really important again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to say he's not important again. Um, they just hadn't used him for a long time. They didn't use him the way they did in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe it took them twenty years to decide. Yeah. Wait a minute, what if what if we put Carnage and the Green Goblin together? Yeah, like right. It's one of those ideas. Once you hear it, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the Spider-Man, uh, the PlayStation and N64 game, they thought, what if we put Carnage and Doctor Octopus together? And that was also scary. Oh. Wait, did you never play that? I, so apparently, not that particular one. Yeah, the final boss is Carnage bond with Doctor Octopus. Wow, it's it's pretty creepy. Is that the one that had like a red cartridge? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. And it is a very revered game. Now we're getting off the rails, but it's a very revered game. I just think it's fine. I beat it the day I purchased it. But there are people that think it was the best Spider-Man game before the Activision game or the the Insomniac game. and That's fine. Whatever. Uh, So, yeah, that's Carnage. Um, I have not read any of the recent Carnage. So if y'all have any more to say about that, I, I would I would love to hear it. Uh, but he's he's one of the most important comic book villains ever, basically, and this was the yeah. first time he got to be in a movie. Yeah, so Cletus Cassidy ends up dying, him and the Carnage. Like, this, the Carnage symbiote itself ends up dying, and then um, Cletus Cassidy dies with it because they're, like, so bonded that they can't exist without the other one. Cletus Cassidy's, like, dead, and then a new symbiote bonds with the remains of Cletus Cassidy to form the new Carnage, and so he kind of takes on all the personalities of the old Carnage, and that's how you get, like, the Carnage with, like, the weird swirl on his face. Mm, yes. And okay, then that's something to, There's, like, a whole, like, cult. There's, like, a like a cult of Carnage. Like, he has, like, like apostles and people that are, like, treating him like a messiah. It's really, really cool and really interesting. And he's got all these, like, crossovers and stuff. You also um, see a bunch of the other symbiotes make a return, um, like the ones that happen in Maximum Carnage. You see, um, God, what are their names? Shriek is there. Uh, what are the other? There's four of them. It's Shriek. Toxin. Uh, is Toxin one of the four? I don't know. That's the only other one I know. So Toxin's there, like, is the child of Carnage. Let me see which one it is in Maximum Carnage. Riot? Riot? Is Riot one of them? I don't know. I'm just throwing out symbiotes I've heard of. I thought you said uh, Riot. It is Riot? Uh, Shriek, uh, Demogoblin, Carrion, and Doppelganger. Those are the other four symbiotes that happen that happen in Maximum Carnage, where he has like a posse. Of, they're like the Power Rangers, but they're symbiotes. Carnage has a posse. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that on a sticker once. There, you know, it's so weird because there are so many other symbiotes for them to touch. But I'm gonna be 100 honest with you guys. After these two movies, I kind of want Venom to fight someone who's not a symbiote. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. I would very. I'm I mean, sure we'll get to that, but uh, yeah, I would very much like not because this was bad, but because I want to see what that looks like. Because sometimes the the, the CGI ness of it can get a little distracting. But like you said, we'll talk about it. But no, not too much more to say. I think if you're a fan of Venom, the and and Carnage, the Maximum Carnage run is fantastic. The Donny Cates Venom run is 
fantastic. I think reading any of those, King in Black is really, really good. It, it really tackles some of this, and it shows a lot of how they got to this Venom character because originally Venom and, and, and Eddie Brock were were almost like one person, right? Like it wasn't like Eddie having this inner monologue talk with someone else. They just, we were Venom. And then eventually they sort of split it and became, this is Venom and this is Eddie and they have to sort of work together. And I mm-hmm. think you see a lot of that. You see the, the like the symbiote coming out and being the face and having a conversation with Eddie, that kind of thing. Yes, Robbie? Oh, I was I was going to agree with you, but I was going to wait for you to stop talking. I just wanted to explain. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I, I think that's a very salient point. This is the stories that inspired this film are somewhat early Venom and Carnage stories, but the characterization, and I think this is a good thing, is somewhat later Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh, the 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 humor of the symbiote, and and exactly what you're talking about of their they're not a creature where Eddie Brock is again, that blank slate that has a symbiote on top of him, but they are this sort of team, right. um, which I think is where Venom is his strongest. They did a great job with that. It, it's I'll talk about this again, the, but they 100% bothered to know their characters for this film. And that's incredibly impressive to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll kick it off in 1996 at the St. Estes home for unwanted children. Imagine being at a what home a for unwanted <laughs> children. Like, what an awful place. <laughs> Young Cletus Cassidy watches helplessly as his love, Francis Barrison, is taken away. Oh, how'd they got to do that to Tia Dalma? Uh, while being <laughs> yeah. transported, uh, Barrison uses her mutant powers of weaponized screaming to attack a police officer who shoots her in the I, I mean, goodness gracious. Also, an interesting take on the Scream character, uh, because mm-hmm. traditionally Scream is a symbiote. I think the one in the first movie we saw. Hold. This I is Shriek. Confusing this is Shriek, Shriek, Shriek and Scream. I'm so. You Scream know what? That's what happened. I got confused with Shriek and <laughs> yeah. Scream. Now, I do want to see Scream on, in movies, but yeah, Shriek? this is Shriek. Well, no, no, this, oh, this is, is Shriek. Scream. No, oh, this, no, is, this Shriek. is Shriek. Scream is the is one Shriek. that we didn't see. So Scream was in the first movie with a rabbit. Which one full- is the one in the Spider-Man ride? Scream. That is Scream. Okay. Full disclosure, 100% got them confused repeatedly growing up. So I am right there with yeah. you. <laughs> Shriek is, I had to look this up, Shriek is a mutant. But because she's mm-hmm. such a Spider-Man character, Sony has her. Interesting. <laughs> Although it's probably one of those characters like Wanda and Pietro that Technically, Sony and now Disney would share. Yeah, but they straight up said she had a mutation in this. Like, so they is did. she it supposed is. to be a mutant in this movie? I mean, if she has a mutation. But I they know. didn't say the word mutant, even though that's a thing that people should just be able to say because there's a regular thing that happens. Mutants are real, you know, not necessarily in the X-Men sense, but, you know, you shouldn't be breaking any copyright to say, oh, this person is a mutation, ergo they are a mutant. It's weird that you can go halfway with that factual statement. Right, what <laughs> if you're born with, like, six toes? You technically have a mutation, but... If you're born you with six toes, called, you can't be in the MCU. No one should be running around calling you a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Francis survives, and is taken to Ravencroft <laughs> Institute, where she is studied. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile... 
Cletus grows up to become a famous serial killer, dangerous enough that California <laughs> is considering lifting the death penalty moratorium for him. Everyone's childhood dream. <laughs> I want to be a famous serial killer, Daddy. Well, son, you can be whatever you put your mind to. Cassidy insists he will only talk to reporter Eddie Brock. Detective Patrick grudgingly agrees, homing to get information on unconfirmed Cassidy kills through Brock. I love a lot of this movie. I think there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect as to why Cletus Cassidy is so obsessed with Eddie Brock Mm -hmm. from seemingly nowhere. He's like, he could literally pick any reporter and he's like, I want Eddie Brock specifically and it can't be anyone but Eddie Brock. Especially because at the time that he's asking for Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock is kind of a nobody, right? Like his reputation is all shot. Nobody really wants to talk to him. Maybe that's why he feels some sort of kinship between Eddie as they're both outcasts. Uh, but I think they could have done a little bit of a better job to establish why Cletus was so obsessed with Eddie to begin with. Eddie got fired. I got put in jail. We're practically the same person. <laughs> So my confession is that I have still not watched the first movie. So I just assumed that was explained in the first movie. And accepted. <laughs> I just accepted it. it You've now ruined the movie for me. There is a post-credit scene where Eddie comes in because he scored this interview with Cletus Cassidy. And Cletus says, when I get out of here, and I will, there's going to be carnage. And that's how the post-credit scene ends. Also, he looks like Ronald McDonald. Yeah, he has this crazy wig. They they truly terrible. They toned it down for this movie, but it didn't make sense then, and it doesn't make sense now. Okay, well that's fine. I got over it. Brock doesn't learn anything from Cletus, who speaks only in riddles. But the Venom symbiote that lives with him is able to figure out clues from Cassidy's psychotic scribbles on a cell wall. The clues lead investigators to long undiscovered victims of Cassidy's, and the death penalty is lifted so he can be killed, much to Barrison's dismay. So we've already seen a little bit at this point of the relationship between Venom and Brock and how they sort of interact in this movie. And for most of this movie, I wouldn't call it a superhero movie. I would call it either a buddy cop movie or, dare I say, a romantic comedy. I do not think that this movie is trying to be a superhero movie, especially through this first half. I think it ends up doing it, but even towards the end, they just sort of happen their way and they like even the 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 quote-unquote killing of cletus cassidy is played off like a joke i think the direct quote is fuck this guy and then he the guy's head so i i think this movie isn't necessarily interested in being a superhero movie and i think that is so smart Yes, I think it is so smart that this movie isn't trying to do that because that was the best part of the first movie. I think they really kind of honed in on what made the first movie kind of good because the first movie was not very good, but there were a few parts that were like exceptions, even though I think I kind of have a soft spot for the first movie. But there were some exceptions. I think this movie focuses that significantly more and so the relationship between eddie and venom is much more fleshed out in this and it's much more interesting venom is much more of a character and not just this weird side thing did you guys ever watch that movie uh what was it was it star kid where the it's like this movie about this kid and he goes into like an alien suit and gets stuck in there oh i know what you're talking about oh god it is star something it's not star kid star kid is the 
Harry Potter musical people. Um, <laughs> it is Star Kid. I'm a hundred percent. It is Star Kid. Okay. Well. All right. Oh, that's right. That's what they named themselves after. Was that movie? <laughs> it's this really weird like suit that he gets like locked into and he can't leave and there's all these like weird things and it's like a whole movie about him and the suit sort of like learning to be together but whatever that's how the first movie was it wasn't like the suit he was basically like a suit he wasn't a character he was a suit whereas in this movie he feels like a character and i think that's very smart that they were like hey this is this is Mm -hmm. what really worked in this movie i also think venom just in general feels like an actual character and it feels like it, it like doesn't feel you know so i don't know it's not just exposition right like venom in the first movie was just divulging lines of exposition and then maybe had a one-liner here and there and then they were like wait a second people thought venom was funny we're gonna do that for the whole fucking movie and that's kind of what we got here and i think that's i i really enjoyed it i found myself laughing more in this movie than i think the movie had any right to like the movie was way funnier than the movie had any right to be for yeah. good and bad reasons. Cause I laughed a lot at some of the scenes too, that were not very funny. They're not supposed to be. Funny. <laughs> yeah. I was only in the theater, like five people, all of us were laughing the whole time. It's... Mm-hmm. I think calling it a romantic comedy is astute. I think uh, Andy circus, I know came out and said, this is an odd couple romance movie, like very explicitly. That's what they're going for. That's why the, the rave happens in a queer club. Um, you know, like they, they were really trying to just like say, you know, this, this is, this is these two people. I mean, the argument they have, when he's like, take your stuff and go <laughs> and all that stuff. It's like mm-hmm. very much like that was a breakup and like, they really are trying to portray them as a couple who are working through a rough patch right now and trying to learn how to, how to love each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think it's, I think that leaning into that for this go round was really smart. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy has a, uh, a writing credit, a story credit on this one. Yes. Uh, you know, so like he was very involved in the direction that they, that he wanted to take Eddie and Venom. And I do think that, you know, the, I think I, I might've alluded to this in our Venom episode, but just being how they fast forwarded through the, the origin stuff in the first movie. And that kind of hurt that movie. But now you get to the second movie, and that's all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have, you know, the unspecified amount of time between the movies that they have, quote unquote, bonded even more, and you're able to sort of pick up uh, with them as a team, a couple, you know, a, a family, if you will, and and just go with it from there without having to set it up anymore. And I think that that is why this movie is so much better than the first one. Did anyone having all these thoughts ever stop to think more than ever, my God, Spider-Man three wasted these characters. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my God, Spider-Man three wasted these characters. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, I remember not thinking I like, I remember when we did our Spider-Man three episode, <laughs> I was like, I don't actually hate Topher Grace in this. I think Topher Grace was doing a decent job, but the second yeah. he became Venom, that's where the, the, that, that character arc took a, just a nosedive, right? Like he just wasn't, mm-hmm. he just, the, the whole Venom thing just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a completely different Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. but one that kind of works. We're going to talk about it, but I'm really interested to see how this Eddie Brock interacts with Peter Parker because 
spoilers for whoever's listening to this and is not expecting spoilers, we're probably going to get Eddie Brock, this Eddie Brock meeting mm-hmm. with Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Tom Holland verse. Mm-hmm. There are also like a ton of other questions about this universe mm-hmm. and like Morbius. Oh, we'll, get and, 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 and we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Spider-Man 3, you know, the problem is that in Spider-Man 3, Eddie bonding with the symbiote is the end of his character arc. Right. That's mm-hmm. the end point. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of this one's. Right. And yeah. I also think this movie is significantly, significantly better because we don't have to go through that. I think that was a big, uh, big pain point of the first movie is that it took so long just to get to Venom, right? Just to mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. these characters together to get to the best part of the movie. So that first part of the movie is going at like 20 miles per hour. And then once you get venom in there, it then switches it up and goes 70 miles per hour. And then this movie is 90 the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, now that you've said that, and there are good origin stories out there, but how often do we say this? How often do we say, well, they had to get the origin out of the way and the movie sucked until that, but now that it's out of the way. And yet, so we, we have, when we had Spider-Man in the MCU, one of the things we raved about is it, it's nice that they just they just went to Spider-Man. We just have Spider-Man. Are we ever going to get to a point where we think maybe producers can start saying, like, we don't need to spend a bunch of time on the or- origin story. That's not what people want to watch. Like, are we ever going to get there? there? Because that's what they did with Black Panther, who was not a super well-known superhero. They just dropped him. I mean, he was well-known to comics fans, but mainstream, mm-hmm. no. He, Black Panther wasn't. First time I saw Black Panther was on a shirt full of Marvel characters. I go, who's the Batman guy? You know, but, you know, they introduced him in Civil War, told you everything you need to know about him, and then his movie became one of the biggest movies ever. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. His movie was an origin. So so I think Marvel, at least, has figured out how to do that for the most I, part. I, I, but I don't think that they're, like, shying away from origin stories. I think one True. of the big problems is they've told all the biggest origin stories over already, right? There are no real big origin stories for them to tell aside from maybe fantastic four, which they haven't done yet. And aside from maybe X-Men, but the origin stories they're telling nowadays, Shang-Chi is a, is a good example are not very well-known origin stories, or they're very different from their comic counterpart. Shang-Chi's origins very different from his comic counterpart. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're finding more creative ways to tell origin stories that aren't just going to, be retreads of things that people already know right like even though spider-man 3 was however many years ago god it's still i think it's fresh enough in people's minds that it would be boring if they told that exact same story again that being said they tell a different story in venom 1 and it was still kind of boring uh because venom as we see in this movie is his own character and so not having your second lead show up until, you know, 45 minutes into the movie is a problem. Yeah. But we're not talking about Venom 1. We're talking about Venom 2, and this movie kicks butt. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Brock's ex-fiance, Anne, lets him know she's engaged to Dan Lewis. Eddie is despondent, but Venom shows the two have started becoming an actual friendship when he protects and consoles him. Uh, Really sweet scene here. I Mm -hmm. love... I know he played it, I think, a little bit in the first movie, and we see it some. There is so much more of Eddie just sort of talking to himself and talking to Venom and Venom in the background. 
And it's so much funnier in this movie uh, because Venom gets a little bit more of a chance to have a little bit more character. Uh, Venom has grown an affection for Anne and uh, it, it becomes a lot funnier than in the first movie where it was, you know, he was having the conversations, but it was, I think it lost its novelty towards the end of the movie. Whereas in this movie, I think it, they, they handle it a little better. Yeah, the first movie, it was Venom insulting Eddie and Eddie being like, what? This guy is in my right. head. It, whereas in this movie, it's more of like a conversation happening, right? Uh-huh. I do love the one where he's going to the prison. I don't even remember what he says, but he just like yells something at the guard. He's like, "No, oh, I'm sorry. I, I can't explain what that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I have no... It was... He uh, no you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you suck. suck. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm uh, what? I'm sorry. I don't know where that. <laughs> On death row, Cassidy invites Brock to talk one more time and to attend his execution. In the message, Cassidy talks about his bitter past, killing his grandmother and mother, then having only one friend, Francis, in St. Estes, only for her to be taken away. Now, uh, Robbie, we're, we're introduced here pretty early to Cletus Cassidy. You've already talked about how formative Cletus Cassidy was on your childhood. I think my, myself as well. Cletus Cassidy, not necessarily formative on your You're not a serial killer. But, <laughs> 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 but you read a lot of the comics. You know what I mean. Played yeah. Maximum Carnage. I think uh, mm-hmm. anybody who had a Super Nintendo or a Sega Genesis, which is what I had it on, played Maximum Carnage. Did you beat it? How far did you get? Hell no. That game was hard <laughs> as shit. Oh my god, that game was so hard. You know how many times I played the first level of Maximum Carnage? Probably every time, because I didn't get very far. Totally, totally unrelated, but I, I needed someone who would appreciate this, and I just now realized it's you. My coworker today um, at work, she's got hair down to her knees, and it got wet in the rain, and she came in, she started hitting someone with her hair, and all I could think is, oh my god, it's Maximum Carnage, but no one around me would understand, and I now realize that <laughs> someone will understand. <laughs> that game is very good, and very, yeah. very difficult, and I remember, so it starts off in a side-scrolling section, and then mm-hmm. it goes to a vertical section where you're going mm-hmm. up a building, and that's where I would always die, is in the vertical section going up the building. I would get to the robot that protected the Fantastic Four's base. That's the farthest I could ever get. (laughs) Yeah, no, this movie, and it's not just Cletus. This movie hit on so many things that just, again, they absolutely bothered to learn their source material and reference it in very smart ways. There's just so many cool little things in this movie that were just a part of my formative years becoming a comic book fan again not a serial killer a comic book fan uh, i mean and just little things little things that they don't have to include that they did and this is kind of the mcu approach and i'm happy that we saw this here from sony but uh we have saint estes which is which was where cletus grew up we, they burned down saint estes now in the comics it's cletus burns down saint estes uh but that's fine it, it made sense here they still referenced that we had ravencroft do you know how long i have wanted ravencroft in a in a movie uh, the, oh, well, those... you should finish watching Amazing Spider-Man 2. You'll get Ravencroft in a movie. <laughs> okay, well... No. Uh, <laughs> no. Actually, I will go back and finish that at some point. But it was so cool to have Ravencroft. I don't know who the Doctor was supposed to be. I don't know if that was supposed to be Dr. Kafka, but... Um, Dr. We... Kafka's a man in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. They reverse representation 
Yeah, isn't that weird? what reason? I don't know. Okay, okay, I gotta back off that. Okay. They never heard the joke. <laughs> yeah. The doctor's a woman. They didn't know. Like, well, no, 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 no all possible. doctors are men. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I have this a story is, for you. This is before they cast Jodie Whittaker on Doctor Who. Doctor couldn't be women then. Okay. Let me clarify, women as doctors is not a joke. That is, <laughs> uh, all for it. <laughs> you um, go, girl. We've got the Daily Bugle. Uh, this is... I, I assume this is not a coincidence, uh, but it's a deep cut. They've got Carnage using his tendrils to access the internet. Absolutely something he did in a 1996 four comic run that I owned. Okay. Okay, that, that, was that makes me feel a lot better about that. Yeah, that scene was get fucking nuts. <laughs> it's that scene and the scene where um, Venom controls Eddie and makes him draw like a bunch of shit. Both of those really confused me. I was like, since when can the symbiotes do this? So it's funny you know the you know the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he points at the TV with the beer can. This whole movie was that for me. This whole movie was me, and Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, in the theater. Like, so yeah, it was. Um, I'll I'll talk about this some more. But there was a 1996 four issue run. So shockingly, Venom eventually got his own comic book series, and there was a four issue run called Carnage Unleashed, and that I got all four issues and it scarred me as a child it was like peak horrifying carnage i mean he literally kills thousands of people in that issue in those issues but one of the things he does is he accesses the internet some a dude makes this is hilarious 1996 dude makes a massive multiplayer online game where you fight carnage and carnage goes into the internet through the game and starts killing people with his tendrils um yeah, so like you'll kill me, <laughs> do you? <laughs> oh, Eduardo, you'd love it. You might want to go find it because this was in 1996. This was in 1996. Part of it is Carnage shows up during a web presentation about the game, and all the people watching start trolling, saying this is just a publicity stunt. So he goes in and kills somebody, and everyone else says, "No, that's fake. That's a, those are bad graphics, bro. That's not convincing." So he kills everyone. It's <laughs> Oh, my it's, graphics bad. <laughs> think about how good that is in 1996. Like that that joke would play today. Uh-huh. So, so anyway, so we've got Carnage asking the internet. Another part of that run is Carnage talks about his early kills. And he talks about killing his dog um, with a drill. And he talks about shoving his grandmother down the stairs. And that one, the, the grandmother's, the dog one is more alluded to. Uh, the grandmother down the stairs one is completely shown completely talked about in detail and that's that scene absolutely has lived rent-free in my brain ever since i read that comic watching young cleanus cassidy shove his grandmother down the stairs first off he breaks her she's got um uh what what are those precious moments dolls he shatters them and litters them across the the stairs as bait and then pushes her down the stairs and breaks her neck and yeah no it's dude it's rough and I read that when I was, well, I guess I would have been 11. And that's just that's just stuck with me ever since. Ever since. That has been one of the things I think about when I think of Cletus Cassidy. Or just when I'm sitting around thinking, I think about this dude shoving his grandmother down the stairs. <laughs> Cletus Cassidy's grandma had one weakness. <laughs> but like in an upsetting way. So then you can imagine me sitting there watching this movie and they just, they reference that. I'm like, oh my God, this movie is going for just the deep cuts that are, are part of my soul. 
As a side note, I really liked the way they presented that with the postcard yes. and the animation oh, love, and everything. I love when movies do that. Yeah. Like yeah. like Deathly Hallows yeah. or something like that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. It's just like they presented yeah. in like a different yeah style or yeah. medium. It's really So, cool. I mean, this was just so many great references. They used Shriek. I, 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 Not obviously, they read Maximum Carnage. <laughs> obviously they read maximum maximum carnage and pulled characters out of it. So, and that's why they use shriek, but that's great. I never thought I'd see shriek in a movie. That's cool. Um, I, I really like the use of Anne wine. One thing I think this movie did very intelligently is it at times departed from car comic book. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. They departed from the comic book characterization of some people, but still used their importance. And I think that's kind of what they did with Anne in that Anne has the same importance to Eddie and Venom that she did in the comic. But as a character, she's a little bit different. She's she's more interesting. She's more fleshed out. I don't think she's going to kill herself because she's afraid of the symbiote. And, she loves Venom. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 part, the part where she talks about how she kind of enjoyed being she-Venom, that was cool. Just just so great. They, I This sounds really geeky, but this is a geeky podcast, so I think I'm allowed to do that. It was just so cool the way this movie absolutely showed so much reverence and understanding for its source material in a way that I, and, and I don't know, maybe some audiences don't like that because some of this stuff is some deep cuts, but I just, it was fantastic watching all this stuff on screen. So she, Anne actually has a, a pretty big part to play in the more recent Venom comic books. She becomes she Venom, which is a direct reference to the comics. Where, where... Did they unkill her? Well, no, okay. but she still plays a major role okay. Okay. because okay. of her okay. time okay. as She-Venom and there are other repercussions from that. I don't want to spoil anything, but it gets really interesting. At this point, you've probably convinced me to go read this stuff. So It's really good. You'd really like it. Cassidy ends up berating Brock and Venom angrily attacks the serial killer. As he does, Cletus bites Eddie. He realizes Brock's blood tastes different because he's a freak. Then watching Red <laughs> Goose start to move on his hand before eating it because he's a freak. He's like, <laughs> he bites this man. He's like, your blood tastes weird. And then the blood moves and his first instinct is like, I should eat this. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Brock is trespassed from the prison due to the assault missing the execution. This causes a massive fight between man and symbiote. And the two angrily split. It's very funny. There's a lot of funny. They we uh, we didn't talk about the breakfast scene, but that breakfast scene that's all up in the trailers is mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, Venom Ketchup? singing is funny. Uh, it, it's just good times. Yes, good times. The lethal injection of Cassidy fails as a symbiote. <laughs> the child of Venom ends up blocking the chemicals and manifesting around him. Cassidy and the symbiote raid to the prison, freeing prisoners, murdering guards, and eating the warden. Uh, that one death where he shoves his tongue down the guard's throat mm, was yeah. real gross and terrifying. Mm-hmm. After he's pleading, I have a family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to spoil the line, but Carnage has a very funny line. Funny. You know what? Maybe not the right word. Uh, <laughs> has a I line laughed. Here. Please. Well, yeah. So after the uh, the uh, rampage through the prison and the escape, he turns back into Cletus form. 
and uh, he sings a song as he's leaving. And the last line of the song is, oh, no. Uh, well, he sings it and he says, Warden, you tasted just like ham. The, uh, the, the script, the dialogue in this movie, especially for Cletus, is just so wonderful. <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely deranged. We'll get to it, but uh, when <laughs> he says, who said romance was dead? And <laughs> it's just like pretty much every line, every other line from Woody Harrelson is just so wild. We can talk about that now. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. so go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Well, I wanted to talk about Woody Harrelson because I think in the first movie, we talked a lot about how crazy Eddie Brock was. <laughs> and how crazy Tom Holland, not Tom Holland, Tom Hardy was playing Eddie Brock. Like he was just insane. And while it may, maybe fits a little more for Cletus Cassidy as a character, it was still insane the entire time <laughs> Woody Harrelson was on screen. It's just cranked the dial to 10. Yeah, they the basically told almost everyone in this movie, if not everyone, just whatever you're going to do, do it to the umpteenth degree. Like just do it. Like, you've never done it before, right? Like, just go all the way. I think they really succeed with some of these. I think Cletus Cassidy, he's either going to be too much for some people, but I think he's so outlandishly absurd and comic booky that he works for me. Did he work for you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the line Danny was talking about, the who said romance is dead, the way that happens, they've just, I think, burnt down the the something right is yeah when they burned think down it was the when house. they burned down st estes yeah. yeah and they're driving away and you can tell that this line was added in later and it's as it's fading into the next scene he just goes who says romance is dead and it was i remember danny and i just both laughing so hard yeah, at that busted up. oh my god how about in this movie called venom let there be carnage which we have not talked yet enough just about how ridiculous of a name that is for a movie <laughs> and then at the end when carnage pops up outside the church and says let there be carnage i'm like he said it he said it roll credits <laughs> i know like hey that's the name of the movie <laughs> the only thing that would have been better is if he had yelled at venom first so he could have actually said venom let there be carnage <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's my, there's a Twitter that's absolutely hilarious that I follow that's, I can't remember what it's called, but I think it's Famous Movie titles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly and, what you're talking about. And it jokingly, it, it's completely parody, but it's, it is shots of movies where the name of the movie is said, but it's not a real thing. It's like um, Indiana, it's like, like you'll have Indiana Jones saying to, to you know, Sean Connery, like, well, I guess we're on a last crusade, dad. Or we're on an Indiana Jones in the last crusade, dad. It's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like, it's stuff like that. <laughs> that's what this moment felt like, but real. <laughs> like, like someday this Twitter is going to use that and it's going to, this actually happened. <laughs> also, I'd like to, I'd like to, oh, we're talking about Woody Harrelson. I, I looked it up and Carnage debuted in 1992 in the comics. Mm -hmm. And Cheers went off the air in 1993. And I want to know if when they were writing about Carnage, they ever think, hey, the guy that plays a dumb bartender on Cheers, you should play this guy. Right. <laughs> Ted Danza? Three, three decades later. Three, <laughs> also, Harrelson. three decades later. <laughs> he was the uh, smart bartender. Yeah. <laughs> Is 
Oh, by the way, while we're talking about the things that were great in this scene, uh, real quick, Carnage's reveal I thought was great. I the 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 way that they know, like, hey y'all, you're about to see this iconic character in a moment, but we're gonna we're just gonna build that anticipation behind the smoke and the noise. Like it was I, I know I'm about to see Carnage. I've seen Carnage in the trailer, but it was just really cool and exciting to know. And like Carnage is in that smoke, and any minute now I'll get to see Carnage. It's also it's, kind um, of terrifying. Go ahead, Dan. Yes. As, as um the line soon come chaos chaos come soon is that from anything or is that just like did he just say that <laughs> in the movie like this is just a line that he wanted to say which you know i wouldn't you know it's cleas cassidy the man is not well maybe he thinks i don't know man i'm not positive i don't i don't know if that was like a line from the comic or something i'm wondering that scene feels like carnage's reveal in maximum carnage it's not the same in maximum carnage he's being transported he's not being executed um but the 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 way carnage popped up and rescued him from the prison did feel a lot like maximum carnage but i don't he didn't say that he says looks like there really is a monster inside of me i think is what he says which is also a cool line Mm -hmm. i but i can't find any references for soon come chaos chaos come soon outside of this movie yeah, the quote is from Cletus Cassidy in Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, right. <laughs> he, was, he was referencing the movie. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> he Very metatextual. <laughs> yeah, the way he spoke in general, not just the lines you, you're you mentioning, like the way he speaks in riddles and and um, poems, it, which gets lampshaded by the movie, is really interesting, cool, uh, a good good character choice. No, you said he speaks in riddles. I thought he was based on the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> if you aim to give me a shot, we'll riddle you. How can a bullet riddle me if it doesn't have a mouth? <laughs> the symbiote calls itself Carnage and agrees to help Cassidy find and rescue Barrison in exchange for killing Venom. The two continue gleefully murdering people across San Francisco on their way to Ravencroft. Brock learns of Cassidy's escape on the news and tries to go find information on him using more clues Venom had to pick up from Cletus's cell. Mm. Seeing a CK plus FB heart at St. Estes, Eddie calls Mulligan about FB. Mulligan reveals he is the Mulligan that was attacked by Barrison before shooting her in the eye. Oh, I bet he'd like a do-over on that. (laughs) (laughs) And has to wear a hearing aid due to damage she caused to his hearing. He insists Barrison is dead. Meanwhile, Venom hops from host to host, partying in the underground. Though he expresses frustration at Eddie being ashamed of his presence, he also reveals he misses Brock. Unable to find a host who can handle his presence, Venom makes his way back to the store of Mrs. Chen, looking to her for comfort. We do get some interesting stuff that we also didn't talk about. And Chris, I, I, I want to defer to you to this because we talked about this, I think, off the air. Maybe we talked about it in the first Venom episode. But we did get that scene of Venom talking about how he needs to eat brains specifically to survive. And how yes. the chemical that he gets is only in brains and chocolate. Yes. <laughs> And apparently in real life, it's also in some form of algae, but 
that wouldn't be fun. Chocolate's a lot more fun. Uh, so yeah, they uh, yeah, because this is uh, you know the stuff where like he's eating chicken brains and he's like, oh, chickens don't have brains and all that. But yeah, so apparently they have a, a an arrangement with Mrs. Chen after he ate that dude in her store where she's like, yeah, I'll get you chocolate. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, because at the beginning of this movie, that's when it was like, I'm happy to eat Mrs. Chen. <laughs> <laughs> which was my favorite good... line from the trailer, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, but the fact that he goes back to her, you know, she genuinely seems to to have a yes. soft spot for this pile of goo. Side note, really sad Peaches isn't here because did y'all cast Venom making Mrs. Chen say pussy? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I did. And it was great. And I thought of people immediately. And I Same. thought it was hilarious. I also think this movie does a better job of showing why Venom is a little bit more contemporary, right? Like why he yeah. is the way he is. And it kind of makes sense because if the symbiote takes on characteristics of its owner, it's going to take characteristics of Brock, just like in the comics, how it takes characteristics from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that venom would call people pussies mm-hmm. and yeah i i that always having not seen the first movie that didn't seem like something to get hung up on to me but i haven't watched it i think it sticks out more in the first movie because i forgot it happened in the second movie and it's very obvious in the first movie so got it got the um the rave scene too it was just you know venom wearing glow sticks and taking the mic and being like i'm out of the anti-closets and all this stuff it's like that's a good scene. Oh man, I I couldn't stop. I mean, I I just couldn't stop laughing through that whole scene. It's just ridiculous, uh, but I I very much enjoyed it. But yeah, him getting to Mrs. Chen's place. I guess that's what we were. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about Venom now. <laughs> what I enjoy about Venom is that I don't consider this Venom an anti-hero. I almost consider him pathetic. Like, he... <laughs> he we are losers, Eddie. Isn't necessarily really a hero or a villain. He's just kind of a loser, right? Like, they're both just losers, and he keeps just finding himself in these shitty situations, most of them self-caused. They keep finding themselves in shitty situations, most of them self-caused. And they keep having to deal with their own messes, but I don't think that they're heroes or villains by any stretch they're literally just a man and an alien trying to live together trying to you know get by right and they Mm -hmm. just keep getting wrapped up in these crazy situations Mm -hmm. but it's not like they're trying like when he enters the church and uh cletus turns into carnage for the first time and he's like wait is that a red one Nope, that's gonna... so good. <laughs> so good. Oh shit, it's a red one. And then he convinces him to go and he's like, "Time to die." That's the spirit. No, we are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so good. Right? <laughs> oh man. Cassidy reaches Ravencroft, destroys the facility, killing everyone inside, and rescues Barrison. Blah blah blah. We read this already, right? Uh, the two make their way to San Estes, burn it to the ground. They decide to have a wedding where they hope to have Mulligan, Venom, and Brock in attendance before killing them. Mulligan heads to the ruins of Ravencroft, where he realizes Barrison is alive. He arrests Brock, hoping for information on Cassidy. 
Eddie doesn't answer questions and uses his phone and uses his phone to ask Anne to find Venom. Uh, Wang finds Venom bonded with Mrs. Chen. The symbiote doesn't want to rescue Eddie, but Anne flatters him until he joins her. As <laughs> she Venom, Anne storms the prison and rescues Eddie. Brock apologizes to the symbiote, and the two reunite and start looking for Cassidy. We, I think, Aww. because for an interest in the interest of time, have talked. Uh, kind of gone through this quickly and that's kind of how the beginning of this movie really is and when i say the beginning this is the first two acts this movie has an hour and a half runtime give or take mm-hmm. a few minutes right mm-hmm. it is a yeah. brisk pace it understands yes. the story it wants to tell and it tells it very quickly not very quickly but very uh concisely right it's very yeah. to the point with everything it doesn't dilly dally on too many slow scenes mm-hmm. i think there are one or two moments i think maybe could have been a little they could have picked up they kind of slowed down the pace a little bit during the movie. But for the most part, it's at a hundred dialed at a hundred the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we're about to get to the third active movie of the movie, which is like, it's like, uh, it's like in the fast and the furious movies when they press the nitrous button, like it's just going <laughs> to, uh, yep. cause it really goes even further in this part. And Chris, for all of the weird nonsense that's in this movie, and there's a lot of weird nonsense it's fun, weird nonsense. It is so much fun. This movie is, I said, 110% ridiculous. And I don't know if I was just in the right mood when I went to go see this, but I just I was grinning the entire movie. Like, it was like, this is so stupid. I love it. Uh, which is not how I felt about the first one. First one, like, you know, it had its moments, but I was like, mostly like, eh, this is whatever. It, like it wasn't bad enough that I was like, oh, I can't believe I have to go see the second one now. But it wasn't, you know. This one just was. They improved on absolutely everything that they could have improved on from the first movie. I think. Um, Eddie and Venom's relationship being a big part, and I'm not gonna, you know, drive that into the ground. We've already talked about that, and we will talk about it some more, I'm sure. And I, I just would you call this a good movie? Because I would. I think this movie was good. It wasn't so bad it was good. It was just good, I think. It knew exactly what it wanted to be, and then it went out and did that. Uh, my, what I compare it to, for me, is it's the killer clowns from outer space of superhero movies, uh, which is a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, if you haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, my God, you have to go see that movie. I love it. It is another movie that is just ridiculous, but it knows it's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm going to get on a bit of a... A lot of times people are like, oh, I like this movie, ironically. Or, oh, this movie is so bad, it's good. And sometimes the movie isn't so bad, it's good. Sometimes it's campy. And this movie is campy, where it is intentionally ridiculous and over the top. But it embraces that. So bad, it's good to me implies that they were trying to make something sincerely and failed. But it was still entertaining to watch for whatever reason. Whereas this, I think they made exactly the movie they wanted to make, and I was entertained by it for the reasons that they also thought were entertaining. So yeah, good job. Good job, Venom team. Andy Circus, everybody. I also thought they really, really improved just how sweaty Tom <laughs> Tom Hardy was in this movie versus compared to the first one. Because in the first one, he was drenched in sweat the whole time. And this time, they kind of fixed it. They kind of fixed the, like... They used like a very particular like lens for the first movie, right? Like it was almost like blue tinted the whole time. Like it was very 
particular the way that, that first one looked. This one I thought looked a little bit more natural and less weird. Yes. <laughs> At least the way it was filmed. Barrison, going by the nickname Shriek, abducts Wang to bait Brock and Venom to come to the wedding, while Cassidy abducts Mulligan. In the church, the two psychopaths hold a priest hostage and are married. Venom arrives to rescue Anne, then expresses fear when he realizes Carnage is a very powerful red symbiote. Uh, once again, that's very funny. The two symbiotes fight violently across the cathedral, causing massive damage. Venom is able to hold his own at first, but starts losing ground to the more powerful symbiote before Dan appears, and he uses fire to rescue him. Barrison, meanwhile, takes Mulligan to the top of the church and uses a chain to hang and seemingly kill him. Carnage eventually takes Anne hostage, hoping to make Brock watch her die at the top of the church, while Venom lays pinned by a pile of rubble. Barrison begins to be afraid of what the symbiote is doing to Cassidy and tries to separate them with her screams, but Carnage attacks her. This is one part that I don't, I don't jive with, and I'm gonna be a Robbie here, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get on a little soapbox about how this isn't necessarily comic book accurate, because if Carnage is the way that we've already described, like in this movie, there's a point where he like opens his stomach and like bullets go through him, right? Like mm -hmm. in what what that is telling me is that this is similar to the Carnage in the comic books, where where Carnage and Cletus are the same person almost, right? Mm -hmm. They are not a symbiote and a person. They're not. They 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 are almost like one, which is why they can do all of the extra crazy things. They can turn their limbs into axes and shit because mm -hmm. that they you know they are combined through blood, right? And so I don't buy that they can be separated then. I buy that they can be hurt by sound, but I don't buy that they can be separated at this point. Yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to decide if this bothered me or not, because A, it is it is a, a very different take from comic book Carnage, is for him to be less bonded than Venom. That's that's the opposite. And you're now that you've said it, you're also right. This movie feels like until this moment, it's making you think, no, they're more bonded. They're more powerful. They right. can do crazy things that you haven't seen before. And then for narrative purposes at the end, so that we have a nice tight story, it's no, look, they don't get along. We're going to win with the with the power of friendship because they don't know what that <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, it did work narratively and it ended up being very convenient. But it's probably, if I'm going to nitpick something I don't like, I think I'm going to agree with you yeah. on, on this being too... Making a choice that doesn't necessarily work in the movie's own premise or and is also not true to the character for the sake of a nice tidy ending right and i think i agree with you on that yeah i know you guys saw this a lot more recently than i did i it's been about a month since i saw it i think i saw it right when it came out but true venom heads so yeah you know us we're big 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 fans uh of of old symbiote guy i don't know clearly clearly <laughs> um we're we're eddie heddies I don't, I'm totally lost what I was going with. Uh, I'm digging my own grave here. No, the point, yeah, the point is that I don't remember uh, everything that happened here, but I do feel like a lot of stuff was glossed over in this last part. Uh, whereas we're like, and we got to get to the ending now. And, you know, I appreciated them getting to the ending rather quickly. It was nice that this wasn't a bloated movie. But, yeah, I did feel like they just kind of took some shortcuts and, you know, I was more than willing to roll with it just because by that point I was like, well, this is that kind of movie. That's fine. 
Um, but there were some logical leaps and shortcuts taken here uh, towards the end. Well, and I guess in the interest in time and segues, I'll go ahead and talk about one of the other things I wanted to bring up then, because it relates to this, is also, I think it's a bummer that they decided to just also kill him off. I, It was so cool to finally have Cletus Cassidy on screen and have Carnage on screen. And it just bums me out minus potentially some multiverse shenanigans to then just say, also, you will never see Cletus Cassidy again. He's, he, this is it. He essentially, his whole story arc is one day uh, and granted his, his, what built up to this, but carnage gets a day and it day is, ends up being just like in, in nineties movies and early two thousands movies. Well, the villain's yeah. got to die at the end. It doesn't, did not ruin the movie for me, but I am pretty bummed that we just needed to have that nice tight bow on it where, Cletus Cassidy's gone. We're going to kill him. The way he died was funny, but it, it just kind of bums me out because I spent this whole movie excited that, wow, Carnage. And then I end the movie thinking, that's all you get of Carnage. So it makes me a bit sad. I mean, look, like I said in the comics, when they bring Carnage back, okay. They literally have a symbiote bond to the remains of Cletus Cassidy, and he becomes the new Carnage. That's okay. Just because he had his head bit off does not necessarily mean he's actually dead. Okay, that makes me feel better. That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if he's like he said, well, okay. So the symbiote is now, I guess, in Venom. Cletus Cassidy's head is bit off, so they'd have to figure that out. So, or the symbiote is still in his blood just like it is in the con that's what i, I would mean, guess yeah, is that the yeah. symbiote just because the large part was taken off there's still a small part inside of cletus i can see it i can see it you might be right and then then they would make a fool out of me and probably enjoy it so but i also think that there is an opportunity to show other symbiotes and other like i like screen but we're gonna talk about all mm. kinds of stuff and where you know, this version of Eddie Brock is at the end of this movie. And like, also he's on an Island and it looked like they were going to do, cause there's, um, there's a, a, like a symbiote Island, like a Venom Island whole mm. arc in the Donny Cates Venom run. And it's really cool. I thought that's where they were headed there. I think that was like a, an homage to it yeah. with them on the Island. Cause Venom Island itself was a takeoff of spider Island, which was a Spider-Man right. story arc. No kidding. Yeah. Cassidy and Carnage start to fight, and Eddie points out to Venom that the two are not actually bonded. Brock tells a symbiote he is bonded with the alien, giving Venom a second wind of confidence. Calling themselves a lethal protector, Venom pushes out of the rubble and rescues Anne from Carnage, taking brutal blows while lowering her to safety. Before Carnage can kill his father and his host, Venom throws Shriek down off the roof, causing her to scream Scream really loud. Collapsing the church upon herself and bringing the two symbiotes and their hosts, separated due to the sound, down with it. Venom rebonds with Eddie before he can hit the ground, saving him, but Carnage allows Cassidy to hit the ground. Before the red symbiote can get back to its host, Venom eats it, ending the threat. Lying injured, Cletus tells Eddie he only wanted a friend. Brock tells Cassidy he's sorry before Venom just says, fuck this guy, and bites the serial killer's head off. Once again, I don't think I fully understand the relationship between Eddie and Cletus in this movie. I think that's maybe one of the yeah, more underdeveloped absolutely. parts. But who cares? <laughs> you know? 
the threat over, Anne tells Venom and Eddie to run before they are captured and to take care of one another. The two wish Anne and Dan well and then leave. At the top of the church, Mulligan appears to be alive after all, after all, as his eyes turn blue and he begins muttering about monsters. Danny, uh, this yes. is very confusing. Uh, one, because I didn't realize symbiotes changed people's eye colors. And <coughs> two, the working theory currently out there is that this is the child of Carnage, which is the symbiote toxin. Do you think that makes sense? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't there's for a few reasons I'm I'm just confused about what's going on here. Again, so not knowing much at all about the comic book origins of Toxin or even who Toxin is other than a symbiote. How did he become Toxin? How did how is there a symbiote there? Yeah. Oh, I see what like, you're at what yeah. point did did uh, Mulligan uh, get infected mm-hmm. or whatever? Right. Yeah, you yeah. think you would have seen that. And then the future of the Venom franchise um, looking like what it is. Is he coming back? <laughs> like, are we? Is he also going with Venom? Uh, hopping multiverses? Honestly, in the Morbius trailer. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, that makes it even more confusing. Yeah, there's just a whole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, honestly, just tell me what happens in the Morbius trailer. So, okay, there's a poster, a wanted poster of Spider-Man. The Spider-Man in this wanted poster is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. But it actually is the PS4 Spider-Man in the same Raimi skin. It's the loading screen. Yeah. Um, but the wanted poster, it's like art and it has murderer scrawled across it. Yeah. All right. I guess it's not a wanted poster. It's just, it's like graffiti or something. Yeah. But there is a, uh, several references to Venom. Uh, they talk about what happened in, yeah, San, what Francisco. Happened in San Francisco. And then the, like, the end of the teaser or uh, stinger is... The guy's like, what are you? And it's Morbius. And he's like, I am Venom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Dr. Morbius. <laughs> I'm Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. Yeah, That's well, how... <laughs> okay, um, so clearly Venom's a thing here. There's at one point, the, you can see the Oscorp Tower, but it's the Amazing Spider-Man 2 logo. Uh, yeah, it's that font for the... It's their Oscorp logo. It's a different uh, building, I think. Yeah, different building. But it's their Oscorp logo. There's Daily Bugle... But it's like the... It's the newspaper Daily Bugle. Yeah. From the Venom movies. Right. So there's just a whole mishmash of things here. So I don't oh, know. Oh, and also, of course, Michael Keaton. Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> so they reference all three Spider-Man universes plus the Venom universe. Yeah, so I think they just have thrown everything into a blender here. Uh, I guess maybe No Way Home will... But uh, I would like to light. remind you that Morbius was supposed to have come out in July. It was supposed to have come out before No Way Home. Right. And so, any of the multiverse stuff, so I don't know. Now, it's possible some things in the trailer are maybe just not final, and they're like some placeholder things, and they don't want to tip their hand fully. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There may be some editing. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. When we all rush out to see Morbius. <laughs> Yeah, it's super confusing. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to Toxin. Like, if 
if that end credit scene in this movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is them sliding on over to the MCU, are we just like abandoning everything else from the Venomverse? <laughs> uh, I, I guess you can always go back. I just, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see where things go. And is Toxin just another symbiote? I don't want to. I don't need a third dang movie about a symbiote fighting a symbiote. Maybe he'll be Venom's friend. Yes. Maybe. Maybe he'll be my pal Toxin. Well, and Toxin isn't necessarily okay. like a bad guy. Uh, yeah, he's he's almost more like good Carnage. Right. Yeah. It's, so he's the son of Carnage. He looks like a mix between Venom and Carnage, and he is with Patrick Mulligan. Like that's where that okay. he is Toxin. And he's just like, he was basically the third symbiote that ever showed up. So it was Verse Venom, then it was Carnage, and then eventually Toxin showed up as the third of those. He, he, he kind of had a short-lived career, you could say, but he, he doesn't show up too too often. They started, it kind of really, really opened up how many symbiotes there are and kind of really opened okay. that up later. But yeah, I, I just don't understand how we got there. Like, him just mm-hmm. having blue eyes doesn't necessarily tell me he has a symbiote in him. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. Honestly, uh, I thought he looked more like Morbius than anything. Like I don't think he looked like uh, I don't think he looked like a like a, like he had a symbiote in him at all. I don't think it made too much sense. It was weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, yeah, we got this character. Everybody knows him as Toxin. We got to tease that. It felt very perfunctory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Venom and Eddie are finally seen enjoying a sunset on a beach. Finally, convincingly friends and partners vowing to protect the innocent. Oh my god. I, you know what? Hold on. Give me a second. Post-credits. In a tropical hotel room, Venom starts to tell Eddie about all the things he's seen across the universe. Before he can, however... No, I think he, he does. He shows him, and it is while he is oh. showing him all of the things, yeah. that's when the, the change happens. A uh, bright light flashes through the hotel, and the two find themselves in a similar but different room. As they are trying to figure out what happened, the Daily Bugle report from J. Jonah Jameson revealing that Peter Parker as Spider-Man from the end of Far From Home plays on the TV. Venom expresses an interest in Parker. Okay, I was having this thought just as we were getting here. What if people have been clamoring, and I mean clamoring for this movie, with Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire, but what we're actually getting is a movie with Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Hardy. Like He joins I want it. I want it. I want I, it. I think that would be so funny. And I think, I don't know, man. I think it'd be cool. Like, I want to see these characters together because I think it'd be funny. I think there is a possibility that Venom shows up in Far or No Way Home. Oh, I think it is. I, I Honestly, it I almost think feels it's inevitable. A, yeah. Inevitability. I really? Yeah. And I think that maybe we are going to, in this far in um, no way home we're maybe going to finally see a more spider-man looking venom yeah. like I think that's what that's I really where like. he gets his spider man from. so let, let's yeah. let's, say, let's break this down a little bit because venom is talking to eddie uh about how the symbiotes have like a collective hive mind memory yes mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. he either says the word multiverse or he says universes plural i think he says multiverse that's yeah. I think I think that's it, but I think the idea was that yeah, Venom is and aware that they of have universe. some memory of you know across the universes that that the the symbiote hive mind kind of has these memories. So when we get J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson talking about the murder of Mysterio and Peter Parker, 
And when he, he looks at Spider-Man and says, that guy. And then he licks the screen, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Th- this Venom, does he have some connection to the various other Venom symbiotes? And he has this memory of, I don't like Spider-Man. He maybe doesn't remember why, but like he has a reaction to seeing Spider-Man. And I'm wondering if this Venom is sharing the memories of other Venoms. Maybe even the Topher Grace Venom. Uh, and it remembers Spider-Man. If Topher, Grace, if Topher Grace shows up in this motherfucking movie, I will <laughs> right? lose yes. shit. Right. I I'm hoping he be, gets fucked this guy. <laughs> I, I will not be... I would... I No, I think it'd be so funny. I think it would yes. be the funniest thing. I think it would be... So, I want yeah. it so bad. I want Topher Grace in this movie... More than I've ever wanted anything in my whole life. <laughs> what, I what I was going to say earlier, I think I might agree that everybody is like, "Where's the next trailer for Spider-Man?" And like, "Oh, they're going to show Toby and Andrew." It's like, well, I was going to say, "What if the big surprise at the end is, oh, it's Venom?" But now, what if the big surprise is it's Venom, but also it's Topher Grace's Venom? You're like, wait, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, if if they're if they're getting us hyped for No Way Home by making us confused about completely different movies, <laughs> good on them. <laughs> they're playing yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. the The potential you're setting forth makes me kind of happy because I, I I think I think we've discussed this before. It was constantly odd in this movie, and this movie was good enough. I forgot about it a lot, but it was still odd. The the jilted x obsession angle of venom with spider-man is just such a a core foundational part of the character that having that completely not a part of the character at all is weird and venom has gone and done his own thing and this movie was a great example of venom going off and doing his own thing but i know that this character is presented as having none of that history there and it does come off as a little weird this movie ends up being really good despite that and really does a great job of separating me from from that fact but it's still just kind of there in the darkness that i know that eh, this is weird if they find a way to make that a part of the symbiote's character even if it's not the origin story even if it's because of connection through multiversal awareness or whatever then that gets me 100 of the way to this is a great venom because he's animated so well he has characterized so well he's so fun to watch like this is this is 90% of what I want from Venom. There's just that one spot that's missing, and I think you laid out a good way that they can add that. Well, I think there's also a good chance that this is where Venom gets these characteristics of hating Peter, because mm-hmm. what's the best way to get him to hate Peter? Not just one, but mm-hmm. three different Peters, yeah. right? right? He has these three Spider-Men that are out there saving the world, mm-hmm. and he tries to join them, right. and they're like, get out of here, you big, you big gooey monster. Freak. Like, we don't need you. And he's yeah. like... Why is Peter Parker <laughs> such an asshole no matter what dimension he's in? <laughs> That's so true. That, see, that would work. And, and let me be clear. My anger is how compl- is it how complicated Sony and Marvel and, and right. capitalism makes it to have Spider-Man and Venom be together. My anger is not at Tom Hardy or this movie or at Gollum <laughs> or anything like that. My anger, <laughs> my anger is entirely, uh, Andy Serkis, is entirely at the the commerce behind the scenes, not the movie itself. What if we get Venom going back to his own universe at the end of Far From Home, but he brings one of the... Uh, we find out that that's actually home to one of the other two Spider-Men. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, like what if we finally get an Andrew Garfield Venom type thing? Because it's, it has to be the one that makes sense because it can be Tobey Maguire because he's got Topher Grace, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what if we got Andy Andrew Garfield showing up in the next Venom movie as the Ven- or the Spider-Man across hmm. to that Venom? I know Sony doesn't want this for me, but I just... I love this Venom so much. I want this Venom connected to the MCU. I, I know I'm not going to get that. because Well, I mean, me, you literally have him in the I, MCU at the end of this movie, though. <laughs> so, right. yeah. I think that yeah. there's a lot more chance of it now because of their negotiations of yeah. whatever has. I, I think, I think it's right. funny that I think, I think those right. initial negotiations of, oh, one more Spider-Man movie and one more Spider-Man MCU cameo in a, in a non-Spider-Man movie, you know, made it sound like this is the end. But it sounds like... It might be the beginning of something. I mean, even even when they made that announcement, mm-hmm. Kevin Feige said, and Spider-Man has the power to cross multiverses, so who knows what we'll be seeing. I think a big part of it was Disney and Sony kind of negotiating on money, but also saying, all right, what are some ways we can coordinate more in the future? Uh, I mean, he even said at the premiere of The Eternals, they asked him about Venom. He goes, oh, there was a lot that went on behind the scenes to make that happen. A lot you don't even realize. So, so there was a lot of coordination between Sony and Marvel on that, which probably Sony could have maybe done without them, but they wanted Marvel involved in it. So I think that's interesting. I'm going to throw out one more little piece of speculation here about the potential relationship between this Venom and at least the Tom Holland Spider-Man. So this Venom, whether he remembers his pasts in other universes or not, consciously he at least has a subconscious reaction to him like a sort of a, a reflexive visceral reaction to this guy i don't like him but also the first thing he's seeing is this man killed a great superhero he's seeing it from the daily bugle which in his universe is a regular old newspaper that everybody reads yeah, what if he what if he's just a brainwashed <laughs> guy because all he does is listen yeah. to J. Jonah well, the James. thing is that it, he doesn't know that the Daily Bugle in the MCU is just Infowars. Like, he, as far as he's concerned, he's like, oh, the Daily Bugle, this is legitimate news. This must be. And he's like, I'm going to be a lethal protector for this universe. I got to stop this guy. He killed their greatest hero. Also, it's funny, by the way, that, like, obviously the Daily Bugle could be different in the Venomverse. But I do think it's amusing that this dude is reading essentially a New York tabloid uh-huh. in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Like, who cares? <laughs> I'm just so glad that we're doing this because I pretty much had nobody else to talk to this movie about. I mean, Danny and Angela and I went and saw it, so we all talked about it. And then friend of the show, Arnaldo, saw it. Should have asked Angela to be on. I'd love her perspective on this. Should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love her because I... I don't want to put words in her mouth, but this movie doesn't seem like her bag. And I would love mm-hmm. to hear her perspective about this movie. Maybe I'm incorrect. Maybe the movie Super is her bag. I don't know if Super her bag is, but I think she she enjoyed it. She liked it more than the first one. It's very easy. That's, to be fair, yeah. it's not too much. <laughs> on the car ride home, uh, we were all yeah, singing we, its praises. Yeah, we were uh yeah, we were we were quite happy with, with it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I guess pleasantly surprised. I I had kind of gotten the vibe that this movie was going to be ridiculous, and then the question was, is it good ridiculous or bad ridiculous? So I was, ple- I I was pleased that it was the good kind of ridiculous. <laughs> this movie pleases me. Yes. 
Tom Holland has come out several times and said that he considers No Way Home to be the end game of his Marvel movies or of his Spider-Man movies. Like he's talked about it being like end game multiple uh-huh. times. Like he's talked about it being on an end game scale. Like it's like end game. And if it is like end game, then I want Tom Hardy's venom to be the Ant-Man of that movie. I want him to be there and be like, that's who I want him to be. I don't need him to be serious in uh-huh. any capacity. I need him to be non. I need to bring I need him to bring his Absolutely. nonsense into this movie. God, I would love that. Well, we'll go with MVPs. Danny, who's your MVP for Venom? Let there be carnage. I, it, uh, uh, Tom Hardy. He, um, his performance as Eddie and Venom are both so unique, uh, very entertaining. Plus, all the behind the scenes. Chris said earlier he's got a story credit, uh, and he's been very involved in the like production of these these movies and like very like pushing sony like hey we gotta do this and this and this so like i really like that's so cool that he he takes so much like pride in this in this movie and this character and i don't know it's, it's nice to see you know he's he's a he's a he's a very good actor and he also has some very interesting roles there was the like who else is gonna play uh oh shoot who is it al capone like old Al Capone in that Josh Trank movie. Right. The guy who directed Fan Forstick uh <laughs> and then was pretty much run out of Hollywood because he's a jerk and whatever. But like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll go play Al Capone for you. I'll go put on these like nasty prosthetics and I think the movie starts with him uh pooping himself in bed. Um yeah, so sure. like, you know, <laughs> he's just he takes some bold bold risks. Uh so yeah. Uh, kudos to him for uh, being so active and engaged with the Venom film series. And we're all better for it. <laughs> yeah, I also got to, just like last time, I got to say Tom Hardy. And if this movie, if the end of this movie really is him just sliding on over to the MCU forever, then great. <laughs> and, you know, sorry to everybody else that just got left behind. But. At least we'd we'd still have Tom Hardy Venom, so yeah. Robbie, what about you? As much as the reason I bought admission for this, uh, well, the real reason I bought admission for this movie <laughs> was to do this podcast. But the reason I was okay buying admission for this movie uh, was for Carnage. The MVP for me is Venom. I genuinely don't know if I mean the symbiote or if I mean the combination symbiote and man. Mm-hmm. It's one of those two. It's but Venom is my MVP, and I refuse to determine what I mean by that. Eduardo, my MVP is track thirteen of Eminem's Comic Con. <laughs> I like how the credits were Episode exactly rating. the same as the first credits, just they added some red to it and did a remix of the Eminem song Venom. I thought it was a whole new song. There was also a remix of oh, Venom. Got it. Right, that. that was the uh, second one, right? Yeah, the second song was a remix of Venom, but yeah, you're right. There was a different song, a different Eminem song, still. But right, 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 right. Yeah. Ratings. I can't believe I rated this highest than everybody. I expected. Uh, we've talked about this movie pretty fondly, but I gave it eight terrifying Mrs. Chen's out of ten. What about you, Robbie? So this is probably the hardest movie we've ever had to rate for me because I had a blast the entire time, but it's very difficult for me to figure out how much is this movie was. Sp- specifically for me and i had a 10 out of 10 blast 
and then kind of differentiate, especially since we just, I just saw it once in theaters, kind of differentiate how much is the quality of the movie itself. So what felt right for that not being sure was uh, seven chocolate-based protection rackets out of ten. Beautiful. Chris? I uh, Actually, you'll notice I didn't put a number in my rating uh, because I, I didn't want you all to know. Nine big gooey freaks out of ten, baby. What? Yeah. Ooh. Let's go! But with the caveat... I am grading on a curve here. Mm. This nine is not equal to, like, say, the nine I gave Thor Ragnarok. Okay. All right. It is not the same kind of nine. But for this movie, being exactly what it wanted to be and being entertaining as hell while it did it, it is, at least logic. on the Venom scale, it is a nine out of ten. Hell yeah. If I buy that, if I go with that logic, it's a ten for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Danny. Um, so my thing I picked, I realized, did not come up at all. Uh, I will not be explaining. Oh, God. This movie, I gave seven plane crash sound effects after 9-11 references out of ten. God. I don't remember this at all. Uh, no one, I'm oh just no. as confused as our listeners right now. All right, I the, so the new Eminem song, Last One Standing, I don't remember the lyric, but one of the lines, he says something about collapsing, like, the towers, and then there's just a plane crash sound effect. Thanks, Eminem. <laughs> Let me see if I can find the exact lyrics. Uh, uh. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, it was on the Kamikaze album. He, I mean, it, yeah. Eminem. Oh boy, <laughs> more like Edge and Edge. This is all the Edge. Oh, it was last one standing. That's what I said. Yes. All right. So <laughs> the line, if I can find it. Uh, no, that's not it. Almost like yeah. So a lot of this pain isn't healing. No escaping it. This anger is spilling. Almost like recreating a feeling of 9-11 when the second plane hit the building. Plane crash sound. There you go. Jesus. He's trying to make a serious point and then you hear... (laughs) Never forget. That's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required. If you want to send us an angry email about this, you can do so. so no, direct your emails to Eminem if you're angry. <laughs> Actually, he's talking about that. Yeah, you know, he he's used to getting angry letters from fans. <laughs> Dear Stan. <laughs> if you want to send us an angry email for whatever reason, maybe you're appalled at how highly Chris rated Venom, <laughs> let there be carnage, you can do so. Ronaldo's going to send us an email. <laughs> assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com follow the show on twitter at assemblycast you can follow all of us on individually on twitter it's going to be uh, the underscore peaches for peaches who's not here uh, it's going to be gatorsax2010 for chris philcrit3 for robbie dlars damn it i forget what it is 93 for uh, for danny and abcd eduardo for myself if you want to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash assembly required. Huge shout outs to our Avengers level patrons, Brian and Riley. But that's going to do it for all of us. For myself, for Chris, for Danny, for Robbie. We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody. Oh, no, a red one. <laughs> Fuck this guy. So call me. I got that.
I'm Venom. He. <laughs> <laughs>